Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 23 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today we have copywriting expert Lucy Badui of My Right Hand Woman. She's a copywriter and she helps female entrepreneurs scale their businesses through copywriting. So copywriting is something that I think a lot of people misunderstand when it comes to a product business, and it's so important. You need to have copy that has storytelling, that's engaging, that describes your products so you get people to keep scrolling. You want them to keep engaging with your content, whether that's your product pages or your website, but you want to have copy that engages your audience. And so Lucy is on here today and she's giving so much knowledge. I absolutely love this episode and I cannot wait to dive in. So grab your coffee, grab your wine. It's going to be a great one. Hey, Lucy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm super happy to have you here. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. So just to kind of jump into things, do you want to tell the listeners, you know, who you are, what's your business, who you help, how long you've had your business, where you're from, anything you want to share? Absolutely. So I am a copywriter and content writer based out of Washington, D.C., but I also travel full-time when it's not COVID. So I kind of work from everywhere. But the people I usually serve are female entrepreneurs, and I love to just help them grow their business through writing that converts for them, but also helps them develop a brand tone that they feel is authentic to who they are. In terms of my experience, I've been writing for about six years, but officially founded my brand, My Right Hand Woman, two years ago. Oh, nice. And where where are you based out of? Um, Washington, D.C. Oh, nice. Very cool. And yes, I love that you help female entrepreneurs and, you know, product-based businesses craft a brand tone, because I think that's such a... It's such an important part of when people are developing their business that I think sometimes can get missed. And again, when you're creating your copy for your website, for your social media, for your email marketing, you know, that that tone and voice is so is such an important thing that I think people really could use some help with. So I think that's amazing that you can help people um, craft that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's something that Either people put too much thought into because brand tone should actually feel very natural to how you speak, or they don't put enough thought into it and then wonder why their copy feels off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I can relate to that. So sometimes, um, yeah, I work with a lot of different businesses, and um, I think that's exactly how it is. Like either people don't e- like they don't even know what branding is. They just think, oh, isn't branding just a logo? They have no idea that 
you know, creating your content, creating your messaging to like one ideal customer is really how you build that connection with people. And, you know, you turn a lead into a paying customer and, you know, that can be done a lot quicker if you, you know, actually have the right types of messaging. So I think that makes sense. And then in terms of um, copywriting and, and all that fun stuff, I think that's such a great thing that so many businesses really need. Um, I know I can speak from experience for the business I founded in 2016, um, the Dapper Dog Box, which is a subscription box. I know when I was first launching that and like, you know, just feeling I had no idea what, like no idea what to do in terms of building the website, like writing product descriptions. I had no idea what to do. I don't even know if I knew what copywriting really was. I'm sure I did, but I'm just kind of making fun of myself a little bit. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about um, copywriting and how how number one, um, how powerful it is for a product based business. So when I say product business, you know, e commerce subscription box, if you sell on Etsy, Shopify, um, why copy is so important to a product based website and your product pages or your product descriptions? Yeah. And I thought you brought up a really great point that a lot of people when they start a business don't know the what really a copywriter does and doesn't really know like the power of persuasive writing. So I think a great place to start would just be showing the difference between copywriting versus content writing. So mm-hmm. copywriting for a product-based business is anything that leads to a direct action being taken. So if you have a subscription box, Copywriting would be a sales page where at the end of the page, they click subscribe to the box. Whereas a lot of subscription boxes and product-based businesses have a lot of content. They have social media captions, blog writing, and that's great to build awareness and community, but doesn't have the same persuasive impact as copywriting would. So when it comes to forming your copywriting strategy and bringing that to your product-based business, it's all about knowing exactly where are people purchasing your product. Do you have a really engaged email list where people are responding to your newsletters and your sales emails and immediately taking action? Or is your clientele mostly they're coming off of Facebook ads and they're coming into your funnel that way? And from there, they're taking action from your website. So it's really interesting to look at your own analytics before you even start thinking about hiring a copywriter because you want to know exactly where to plug them in for maximum impact. Oh, that's so interesting. So just just for throwing it out there, if someone thinks, okay, maybe I need a copywriter, where do you think they should look in their analytics? Is there anything specific that you'd recommend or just in general trying to look at analytics? Yeah. So the first thing I would obviously look through at is click-through rate. So how many people who are reading your things are actually clicking to go to certain places? You can do this for your homepage. You can see how many people are clicking on your homepage and going to your sales page. Or you could do this for your email and seeing how many people are clicking and going onto your website. So that's a really great place to start because you can see where you're captivating people. But what's even more important than captivating them is getting them to convert. So that's when you go from looking at click-through rates to looking at conversion rates. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think one thing that, you know, I definitely need to do some episodes here on how to review your analytics. Cause I think, um, a lot of people just get really confused with analytics and they don't really know how to assess, you know, what is a good conversion rate? You know, what's a good click-through rate and on the reverse, like 
is my click-through rate bad? You know, do I need help on that? So I think that's also um, always interesting things to kind of think about. But also I think for a lot of business owners, you know, they're sometimes, especially if you're a new business owner and this is your first one, like it's hard to know all these different things. So I think part of the problem sometimes too, especially with, with copywriting and descriptions is people may not know they actually need help. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you probably have a lot of experience with, you know, working with people and, and trying to like help them help educate them on, you know, what they actually need to change. So and then in terms of I really like how you also describe the difference between copywriting and writing for content, because I think I do think the two can kind of get blended together and, you know, th- people may not understand the difference between the two. So thank you definitely for explaining that. And just out of, and this is kind of going backwards, what kind of got you into copywriting? Is this something that you've just always been doing and you felt like you really loved doing it? Or is there something that sort of sparked, you know, you wanting to start a copywriting business? Yeah. So I've always loved to write and I started with content writing and I wrote for this food magazine. And what I would do is I would do these like really inhumane diets for a week and I would write about them just to make fun (laughs) of them. And at first I was doing it for the fun of it, but then it developed like a little bit of a following and I was getting like 50,000 views per article. And that's when I really found my love of writing content and getting people to talk about things and writing things that are zesty and fun and kind of controversial. So when I was looking into becoming a freelancer, I wanted to take this and I wanted it to have more of an impact. And I saw what copywriting, the kind of impact it could have. The fact that one persuasive sentence could sell $10,000 worth of products. So that really intrigued me. And then I started to learn more about it and slowly transitioned into copywriting because I liked being able to see people scale much faster. And I'm a businesswoman at heart. I have my degree in marketing. So I wanted to be able to use my writing skills for something that would have more impact. I love that. And I love how you, and I'm going to have to use this as one of my Instagram quotes to promote this episode, but you just said something and I'm going to forget now, but something like one sentence can generate like 10 grand of sales, something like that. I think that's amazing. And that's such a great point because, you know, I think again, businesses will sometimes think, well, do I need a copywriter? Do I need help with my content writing? And again, you want to think of the ROI and you may outsource copywriting for specific things. And if that can help get you more sales, then those are things that you really should be investing in in your business. So I, I love that. And that's such a good point. Just to remind people that it one line actually can get someone to click and, and then end up purchasing. So I think that's amazing. For sure. I mean, you even look at like Nike with Just Do It, like three super simple words, and it's turned them into an international powerhouse. That's so true. I love that. Cop- writing is something that I I definitely have a love-hate relationship with it. I don't think I am a great writer and I definitely need, <laughs> I'll probably be emailing you soon about your services, but I feel like I always need help with, especially for my current business, which is, you know, I do a lot of um, education. So helping people create and launch e-commerce and subscription businesses. And I'm always like, God, my sales page is terrible. I really need someone to kind of help me. Um, And I see other sales pages and they are incredible. Like the language and the storytelling and like the witty humor. And you you can tell, I mean, you can tell when someone gets help with their copywriting and you can tell when someone just does it themselves and it's terrible, <laughs> aka mine. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious from your perspective, just as a copywriter, 
and you're probably a little biased. Do you feel like sometimes when you look at people's sales pages or product pages, you can tell when it's outsourced by a professional like you or it's like a DIY version? Well, to be completely honest with you, sometimes it's a little bit hard because even the skill set of copywriters is pretty diverse. And there's a lot of controversy for what makes a good sales page. I mean, even between copywriters, we can't seem to agree. So sometimes I'll actually work with business owners who are naturally very persuasive writers. And all I'll have to do is do rewrites and edits. And they gave me a very good sales page on their own. Whereas other times people will give me a page that they got professionally written. I mean, I don't want to name any names, but anytime someone says they got someone off Fiverr, I get a little bit nervous. Oh no! Um, and when I see some of these pages that were written by professionals, sometimes they've written it very well, but it's not converting. The client is not happy with the professional work that they've gotten done. So I, the advice I would give a business owner is not to just blindly think, oh, I need to hire a copywriter and I need one right now because I can't write this on my own, but to really just do a strong analysis and make sure that the copywriter you're hiring understands the industry that you're in and understands your ideal client. Because if they don't, then honestly, sometimes I think the client might be better at writing their own copy because of how well they know their ideal client's pain points. Oh, interesting. And when you work with people, what type of process do you do to just kind of get it started? So you, so you really, as a copywriter, understand their ideal customer and their products and like really how to write them in an engaging, converting way. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of the times we think copywriting is just writing, but there's an extensive amount of research that goes into every single project because as a writer, I want to make sure I'm talking to your ideal client and making them like on the other side of their laptop, just like nodding their head, being like, yep, that's me. That's me. That's how you know that your page is doing well because it's getting through to people emotionally. So what I'll do is I will look at your competitors. I will look at the business's ideal client. I'll ask if they can do, like if I can even do some market research, if it's a really niche market um, and then create like a Google form. I will honestly pull out all of the stops that it takes to make sure that I am extremely well-versed with this person's clients. Oh, that's amazing. I think I like the fact that you were, you know, just talking how you'll do extensive extra research because I do think, you know, especially if you're working with a, um, I mean, really any business product or service, like everyone's businesses are so different. And, you know, whether you're targeting people in a beauty industry or the pet industry or, you know, photographers, they really do have their own little love language of pain points and like what will get them to buy. So I do think it can be probably a lot of work to really try to understand all these different types of audiences. Yeah. And it's, I mean, once you are in the copywriting industry for quite some time, you learn that certain industries, you learn a lot about them. And then that's why niching down is so powerful because if you've done e-commerce for a school supply brand and another school supply brand approaches you, you already know that industry quite well. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, Yeah, that happens to me sometimes just when I work with different clients from different industries. So whether it's the pet industry or, um, you know, I've been getting a lot of people reaching out from different beauty industries and I have to do extensive research just to really understand, you know, what will also get their customers to buy. So it's, 
I also think it's really fun. I'm, I definitely love researching and I think it's interesting to kind of, you know, go through some SEO stuff and figure out keywords and like what people are searching for and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of nerdy when it comes to that stuff, but I do love it. (laughs) A little bit of nerdy is always good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then in turn, like one thing I definitely want to dive into, because I know just from personal experience of having a subscription box business, how important the product descriptions are and how to write a compelling one that will get conversions. So anything that you want to talk about, you know, when it comes to product descriptions, like best practices, what you feel like is the most important things to add, and maybe how, like what's the how behind it? Yeah. So we'll start with big picture. I think the biggest thing people think when it comes to a product description is they have to describe the product. And of course you have to put the dimensions and all of the technical aspects, but that shouldn't be your main focus when you're writing a product description. You really should be thinking, how do I want the person to experience and benefit from the product? You want to talk about the end results, not the what the product is. So for example, if I was writing a product description for a coffee brand, I wouldn't say, oh, this is coffee. I would say, oh, this is energy for the morning because you want to sell people on the benefits, not the features. You want to always be writing with value in mind to your final customer. So when it comes to the how, definitely start with some sort of hook, something that will get them into it. You don't want it to just be like, I have coffee for sale. Um, So that's the first thing is your headline. And I think people put a lot of pressure on headlines. All headlines have to do is captivate someone enough to read the next sentence. You don't have to accomplish the world with your headline. And then from there, talk a little bit about the product and then how they can use the product, the experience, and then move into details as you move down the product description. So you should be doing big picture experience for the product and then maybe think in your head like two or three things that would be important about the product. Is it imported? Is it luxurious? Is it, uh, is there a precious metal inside of it? Things that people would want to know about the product, but you always want to lead with experience. I love that. I actually just talked about this in a podcast that I recorded today is that we were sort of talking about just more in email marketing, but how copywriting and storytelling plays into the things and how important it is to talk, not talk about features, but talk about the experience. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're talking about a product, how does it make you feel like what's the experience? What's the end result? So I love that you're talking about this from a copywriting perspective and really how important it is because I could not agree with you more. And I do think a lot of people are missing the opportunity to describe their product with more stories and experiences and less with facts. Like, again, people don't really care, like, if you're product is is this size or made of this thing and like yes some sometimes that stuff is important but that's not why someone will always buy they'll buy because how it's going to make them feel or how it's going to help them or you know how it will save them time or something like that absolutely yeah and you look at brands like luxury activewear brands like lululemon and athleta they're not really selling people leggings they're selling people the feeling of being fit and healthy and strong Yeah. I love that. What, just since you mentioned this, and I'm also a huge Lululemon fan and a coffee fan. So I love that you were talking about coffee. Um, And I was laughing because I just, so many people will actually put like, here's my coffee. (laughs) 
<laughs> and like, that's kind of it. So anyway, I kind of laughed at that. But what what are some of your favorite brands in terms of creating amazing copywriting that describes their product? Yeah. So there's one. So I don't know if you've, I mean, it's pretty mainstream now, but Goop, um, I have been looking at their products and they're a total lifestyle brand. And the, the witty little one-liners that they put right under the product are so captivating and they make me actually want to click the product. So if anyone listening to this wants to see some fun product descriptions, I think Goop does a great job. Oh, that's so cool. I'm going to add that to the show notes because I, I know of the brand, but I haven't actually ever looked at any of their products, but that sounds... Yeah, I never bought something. I just creep on them because I love copies. So I just yeah. wanted to see what they had going on. No, I love it too. And it's, I always, I know what you mean about kind of like one-liners and funny ways to describe products. Cause I do think a lot of times it, I think people miss the creativity part when it comes to especially product descriptions and like you can have fun with it, especially if part of your brand is like adding humor, being funny. I feel like, um, bark shop, do you know, bark, bark box? I do. Oh, I do know bark box. Yeah. So I would say they're not my favorite brand. They were basically my business biggest competitor for my old business. So I don't really like them, (laughs) but they are absolute geniuses with product descriptions. And I'm going to add that to the show notes too, because they do an incredible, incredible job of not only naming their products, but writing these crazy descriptions that are super funny and memorable, you know, and if you remember a product based on a description that tells you something. For sure. Yeah. If you're just going to play things safe all of the time, then, you know, it's just things aren't going to go well for the memorability of your product. With that being said, sometimes it can be really hard to know where the line is. And especially when people are trying to create humor in their copy, it can be done in a way that it doesn't translate very well. So it's important to just really try and find that balance. Yeah, I agree. And I think for, you know, just for Bark Shop as an example, they everything about their brand is like funny and being humorous. And so I think for them, they can do that. And it makes sense. But I do think you're right about, you know, wanting to have a balance. And not every brand is going to be like super silly. And and I think that could also could also offend your customers if that's not what they're all about. So I think it's a good thing to know. And then what's, what is like the one mistake or the number one mistake that you think product-based businesses are doing when it comes to writing their product descriptions? Yeah, I would say the biggest mistake I see, I actually see more product-based companies playing it too safe than companies crossing the line. I think in this age of the internet, everyone's so scared of saying the wrong thing. And I mean, of course, it's important to be sensitive and you're not going to make like an off color joke that maybe like your weird uncle would make, you know, but it's also okay to push the boundaries because that's how things get done and that's how things move forward. So if you do are, if you are especially marketing a product that's a little bit more scandalous and maybe isn't super approachable in the mainstream, like I'm thinking about, I mean, tampons are so normal, but of course they're still subject to sometimes some weirdness. Or if you're doing like 
anything in the women's market or if you're doing like a weird food, like I saw chocolate covered crickets, like if you are marketing something that is different, then it doesn't make sense for your brand tone to be the exact same as everyone else. It's okay to be really quirky. Yeah, no, I agree. And I do think it can feel hard to know it. Like that's such a good point you brought up because I do think it's nowadays, you know, people want to say certain things, but they are afraid of offending people. And yeah, it's, it's kind of a hard balance, I think. Yeah. So that's why it's another good reason to have a copywriter, at least do an edit or a a look through of your descriptions, because we're in this environment all the time. So I'm always telling my clients, I'm like, oh, the sentence is funny, but it's like, I'm really like, I'm very easygoing in terms of that really anything goes when people say things to me. But I'm like, your ideal client might find this a little bit wrong or a little bit off. So it's always good to have a second set of eyes if you know that you're going to be intentionally pushing the boundary because you want to make sure you're pushing the boundary, but you're also not alienating your clients. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, And in terms of, you know, writing copy for descriptions, how do you feel like e-commerce businesses can create a big wow factor? And that could be product descriptions or just their website in general? How do you feel like they can make themselves stand out with their copy? Yeah, I think the biggest advice I can give in this arena is to be authentic. And I know that sounds so run-of-the-mill advice, but the best copy doesn't feel like writing. It feels like speaking. So it should be it should be like you're speaking to your ideal client to the point that they can almost hear your brand voice talking to them. If it's written like an essay or if it's written to be too formal, it's mm-hmm. just not going to do well because it's not going to feel personal. Okay. That's really funny. It's it's just funny because we were talking about this again in an earlier episode. So I think a lot of times copywriting and um, you know creating content, like it really can overlap with website and email marketing. So I love it. It's super interesting and and so, so helpful. Again, um, are any other brands besides Goop that you like? I always like to give examples so people can kind of go check them out. But is there anyone else that you recommend besides Goop that you feel like not even for descriptions, just in general, like has great copywriting? So this one's going to be like a little bit um, probably unexpected. But if you have a chance to look at copywriting, go take a look at Apple's website. And no one ever thinks of Apple when they think of copywriting, but they managed to do something that's completely different than Goop for two very different examples, where their product descriptions sometimes are three words and they sell millions of dollars of iPhone. And why is it that we're so captivated by the iPhone, even though there's very little words selling to us? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good case study for you to look at because I want to show the product-based businesses that are listening to this that if you're not super creative, you don't always have to be. Sometimes concise and simple works because it shows that your product can speak for itself. And this is great when you have a product that can do something incredible. So it's a product that tastes really good. If you're a food-based business, you don't need to have a ton of copy. Or it's a product that solves a very specific issue, like helps people manage chronic pain. So if you have a product where the benefits and it just changes people's life, you don't need to have crazy product descriptions. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I love the example of Apple. And that is so true. I'm going to have to go check out Apple after this. But, you know, sometimes you can create this really effective messaging by being concise. So 
That's a good example. I'm going to check them out. I'm trying to think, too, if there's any businesses I like for their copy. And I keep thinking of Barkshop. And I need to think of other people because I know there's lots of people that have really cool descriptions. I'm I'm not thinking right now, (laughs) clearly. Um, Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, the best brands to look at for copywriting are those brands that cater to like the millennials. I feel like when the millennials came, it was all about experience. So copywriting just got exponentially more fun. So if you look at like subscription boxes in general, you'll notice that copy is very experience-based. Whereas if you look at a company like Staples, it's like, here's your pencil, it's (laughs) 0.7 millimeter. And I mean, it works for them because they're such an industrial brand. But if you want something more fun, looking at those more millennial targeted brands will definitely um, quench that thirst for more fun descriptions. That's so I'm laughing, too, because you're totally right about, you know, like a website like Staples versus a, (laughs) you know, newer subscription box. They they really and I think for, you know, because Staples has been fundamentally a brick and mortar, so they maybe not don't need copywriting as much because people just show up and you know I think pencils could be interesting but it's like how can you describe a pencil in such an interesting way but a subscription box business you know people are buying them online and you have to really show how the subscription box will be used in your life or how it will help you in real life and yeah it's it's there's definitely a big opportunity for people to work on their writing skills or outsource it. Um, but it, it is interesting because I think there is a huge divide with younger and newer businesses versus older businesses and like what kind of works today. And I do think people today, especially younger people are, they have less patience, maybe like less, they don't want to, they don't want to wait for things. They want like fast action, quick words, like tell me why I need it and like move on and tell me in like three seconds. <laughs> yeah. And Gen Z is even worse. Like we see the rise of video marketing and mm-hmm. um, like I'm sometimes I'm scared. I'm like, my job's going to be obsolete. Like everyone wants to see a TikTok these days. Um, so I think it's just knowing your ideal client and seeing, do they want you to just get straight to the point or do they want you to fluff it up with a little bit more experience and fun added extras? Yeah. I love to get your, because uh, I'm really big on using product photos to showcase your experience. And at least for my business, I tried to use minimal text and really like hone in on that experience with photos. How do you feel like people can balance with not having too much text on a website with, you know, still portraying it in that experiential way? Yeah, I mean, I love photos. Personally, when I write someone's website and I end up writing like under 500 words of copy for the whole website, I mean, that's so exciting because it means that they have such a visual website. And you see this a lot with like web designers and graphic designers because their designs speak for themselves. But if you're like in the fashion industry or the beauty industry, a lot of that is going to be photography. So how I like to strike that balance is telling clients that, They should have professionally done photos and they should be beautiful photos and use your copy to help people fall in love with the photos even more. So for example, if you have a beautiful woman with clear skin using a beauty product, um, then the copy would say something like old copy would be 
essentially like get her skin. You can have this skin, but like new copy these days, the way it is, is just saying like, she's beautiful the way she is, but she's using this product. So it's creating this experience and helping people emotionally connect to the photos and then selling. It's not just saying like, you see this billboard, like you can have this because that's not as compelling these days and how we do copy. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, this is another, I feel like you've given out some amazing little one-liners that I'm going to definitely be <laughs> promoting on my Instagram. So hard to write copy verbally. I never realized how hard it is. I feel like I definitely so now good. feel thankful for like um, getting to like stew on things um, in front of my laptop. <laughs> but I like how you said that your copy can make a customer fall in love with the product photos more. I feel like that's genius. I'm obsessed. <laughs> and it's so true. Like it really can. And I think, again, um, you know, as someone who has built multiple e-commerce websites for people, it's it can be really hard to constantly come up with copy that shows the product experience, describes a product in a way that makes someone want to buy, but also kind of keeping the text concise and not overdoing it because there's nothing worse than a website that's just filled with like blocks and blocks and blocks of text that no one wants to read. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Blocks and blocks of text really only works when you're selling something very high ticket. Um, Like you see it with coaching programs, long form Mm -hmm. sales pages. But if you're selling a product, people really want to just see the product and really product-based businesses, their copy is important But I would argue that sometimes their content is equally as important because you see businesses like Passion Planner has a really strong following because they have an amazing Instagram and they create tons of challenges and blog posts and they employ illustrators who do illustrations for their stickers and they feature their stories. So it's not always just copy. So it's important to realize like the holistic picture. So your photos, your content, your strategy. Um, and then copies that icing on top that just gets pushes people to buy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think as well, content and, you know, photos, you know, for me, at least the business I used to have and like a lot of the clients I work with product photos, I argue are like the absolute most important thing. If your product photos are not portraying your product or the experience, then you're going to have a hard time selling. But I do think it's important to look at that holistic approach and, you know, your copy is really just as important as the photos and the content and, and kind of all the things. So Mm -hmm. I like that. And then I love that you mentioned earlier how you were talking about products in terms of like building a community. Could you talk a little bit about that and how that can kind of be helpful? Yeah. So a big selling point these days, instead of just getting the product, you're getting access to an exclusive group. Even if they don't explicitly mention that you're getting access to a group, just by engaging in this product, you see this the most with subscription boxes. Maybe there's a Facebook group where people can go in that have the subscription box, or maybe there isn't. And it's just kind of known that you're a FabFitFun member. So it's things like that that create the buzz and the hype and the word of mouth. So the, the easiest way to create a community is to just stand for something. For example, if you have a subscription box of women-created items from artisans, then you stand for helping women grow their artisan businesses. 
and maybe you give back to good causes and your whole entire community knows that this is what you stand for. So you're all taking a stand together. Mm -hmm. I love that. I couldn't agree with that more, especially when it comes to certain niches. I think anything with like women and females, I think in general, I've seen a lot of people leverage things like Facebook groups and people, especially nowadays in this year, like people do want that sense of community. So I also do agree with you. Like there's a big opportunity to really leverage that to actually sell products. For sure. And how do you engage people to enter those communities through your copy? I personally like to do it through content. I know a copywriter is saying move to content, but I actually do copywriting and content writing for people, Mm -hmm. especially if I wrote their website for them, I'll take over their content as well. I think this is really where you can pull in a blog Because when people are searching and if you have a blog, they're going to fall down the rabbit hole of reading all of your articles. Or if you're more of a video person, you could do YouTube videos. And if they fall in love with the content you're putting out, they're going to want to get more involved with you. They're going to follow you. And that's how you're going to create a community. That's more of a one-way community, but it nonetheless, it's a community. If people are commenting on your videos and commenting on other people's comments, you're building a network around your product. Yeah, I agree. And I do think like building that networking community, it, it really does uh, help sell. And, you know, I think, again, just harping on 2020, 2021, because it seems like things aren't getting any better <laughs> right now, um, you know, having that community base and getting people kind of in this engaged network just not only helps sell products, but it helps like spread the word about your business too. Cause I think people are more willing to sign up for a service if they do get that sort of exclusive, like, like a membership or a group, or even like, it could even be a VIP list. Like I see a lot of people really playing up um, VIP email lists. And even though it's not really a community, but they can kind of make it feel like it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if you've experienced much of that, but I do think that's kind of an interesting approach. Yeah. VIP lists are a big one. And also you now see with the app Patreon where YouTubers and creators, they can have a select group of people who pay and they get special content. So you could make it where if people spend a certain amount of money in your product-based business in a year, they get some sort of golden membership. So you can really have fun with it. I find this stuff to be so interesting and creative because there's a lot of different ways to engage an audience. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think too, a lot of people forget that part. I think they they're so focused on constantly trying to acquire new customers. They kind of forget that, okay, well, how can I make my current or past customers happy? How can I get them involved in my business, which number one, you know, really builds more of a connection and they will like your business more. And when a, when a person or a customer likes your business more, they're going to buy from you more and they're going to tell their friends, family, they're going to post on social media. So I think that's something that people can work on a bit more. And I just think in general, it's a good opportunity because I think people just really focus only on getting new customers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And your, your um, clients that you already have, if they love what you're doing, like they'll do your marketing for you. I mean, people talk mm-hmm. about things that they love, even with their neighbors. So um, it doesn't have to be like a formal influencer agreement in your marketing. You can just 
sell your stuff. And if it's really good, then word will get out. And that's a very grassroots way to increase your customer base. Yes. I love that. That was definitely one of my key strategies for my business. I really like played up customer experience. I really treated my customers so well and I leveraged my good relationships with my customers and they referred friends, family, they, they were literally my free ambassadors, like my little brand cheerleaders. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing when you actually treat customers well, how much they are just like so happy to promote you for nothing in return. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know I talk about the brands I love all the time, so I can only imagine other people do it too. Mm-hmm. And so if you could wrap up with like one overarching tip for creating copy that will help a product business just sell more products, what would that be? I think my overarching tip would be don't overthink it. Um, I think the first thing that comes to your mind when it comes to copywriting tends to actually be the most powerful. Um, I'm not saying don't do like A-B testing and figuring out what headlines work and which don't. But if something kind of hits you and you think, this is what I stand for, this is what I want, go with that instinct feeling and just almost treat your copywriting like it's a conversation, like you're writing out your stream of consciousness. How would you tell your friend about your product and get them to buy it? Write it down and then just make it a little bit more polished and include some sections so it's easily skimmable when people are skimming through your website. But really, it's just a conversation with your final client. Oh, I love that. That's such a that's a really great example of just how to break it down in a more simple way. Like, how do you describe your product that you would to a friend? I love that. Mm-hmm. And that makes it feel easier than I think sometimes creating all these product descriptions can just feel a little bit stressful like because you don't know what to write. But I really like that idea. Yeah. And because at the end of the day, your customers are people. So yes, have SEO, but you're really writing for people because once they get onto your landing page, I mean, they're going to make a decision. So you just want to make that decision as clear as possible for them. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. This was amazing. So happy to have you here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on either social media or your website? And, you know, do you have any services that are relevant, courses, freebies, anything that you want to share? Yeah. So my social media, I mostly use Instagram and it's at my right hand woman and right is spelled like writing. And then that's the same as my website, which is um, myrighthandwoman.com. And if you want to talk to me personally or follow me personally, my personal Instagram is at lucy.bedewi, um, L-U-C-Y dot B-E-D-E-W-I. And in terms of courses, the only courses I have is actually helping people become copywriters and become content writers and scale their writing business. So if you're listening to this, wanting to become a copywriter, definitely reach out to me and I can give you access to that course. Oh, cool. And do you have any services for like helping people with their copy? 100%. Um, most of the work I do for is done for you services. So I would do full web copy, landing pages, long form sales pages, email marketing. And I also take over people's blog content as well. So really, wow. if you need any words to sell for your business, I'm your girl. Oh, that's so great. I think that's, that's such a people need, especially um, I would say blog help blogging is does wonders for a e-commerce business. So that's awesome. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. This was amazing. And I hope to have you back another time and we can talk about more copywriting tips. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Lucy. Thank you guys so much for listening. That was an amazing episode with Lucy. And if you love this episode, please go ahead and drop a review on Apple Podcasts. You can enter to win a 60-minute consultation and strategy with me. Each month, I choose one winner, but you have to leave a review. And I do a happy dance every single time. So please go ahead and just let me know what you loved about this episode or a past episode and I will choose a winner each month. So, all right, guys, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcast, and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next week.